Hi, I'm Holly, and welcome to Sincerely You. In this episode, we're going to talk about boys, sex, dating, and everything in between. Like when you should start having sex, how to get over someone, how you can be happy being single, and how to find your soulmate. And in my opinion, what your standards should be in and outside of dating. There's so much about this topic that I want to dive into, specifically when it comes to our worth as girls. A lot of us end up giving pieces of ourselves to someone we claim to love, willingly or unwillingly, and it can do some serious damage to our hearts and minds. I'm going to share some of your experiences with relationships as well as my own, and I'm so excited to share these because they really do cover some real and raw aspects of what a lot of us girls feel when it comes to this topic. And just a disclaimer, I have to say it, these are my own thoughts and opinions based on my own experiences. I am not in any position whatsoever to offer professional advice. This is more of a little corner where I can share some real stories and I can also give my own two cents. But hopefully you enjoy it and you do get some value out of it. The first entry is about a girl who was recently broken up with. She's still trying to get over a broken heart because a lot of her happiness was dependent on the guy she dated. Which brings us into a very fun conversation because I think a lot of us unknowingly root our happiness in something or someone outside of ourselves, even if it's not specifically a boy. Dear Diary, I've been watching your videos and they've been making me feel a little better with my situation. Last year, I was drowning in my own tears at night and felt as if no one was there for me until I started talking to a guy who I felt had no flaws. We ended up dating, and he filled the void in my life that I needed to be happy. We started dating in September 2019, and then all of this corona stuff happened. I felt as if my relationship was in jeopardy, but I tried to make him as happy as I could. It's now May 2nd, and he broke up with me on April 29th. He was the one person in the world that I always thought would love me. I don't believe in love or trust due to my past, but he was different. I became vulnerable around him and he treated me like I was his everything. I trusted him with my body since he was my first, and now I don't know what to do. He broke up with me because he wanted to be alone and didn't want to worry about anyone else. But the night before he ended our relationship, he said that he loved me and that he missed me. I feel like I'm not good enough for someone to love, but I know that one day I'll get through this. He was my everything, and now I guess he's nothing. It feels better now that I got to write this and let everything out because I can't tell my family any of this. That's because they loved him so much. Him and I were talking about getting back together after quarantine, but I don't know what to do. I've fallen back into my sadness and I haven't been able to keep a happy face long. I just want to fall asleep and never wake up. I'm sorry for bothering you because this probably isn't anywhere close to as bad as other people's problems, but I had to tell someone how I feel. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Sincerely, V. First off, no problem is too small. And I really appreciate you sending this in because I know so many can relate. So thank you. Before I begin talking about this entry, I just want to clarify that it is perfectly acceptable to cry over a breakup and miss your ex. 
Breakups are a huge adjustment, and something like that always needs time and sometimes many tears to heal. However, V does use the words, he filled the void in my life that I needed to be happy. I just want to talk about that one line for a bit, and what I'm going to talk about won't just apply to breakups. A lot of us girls view a steady relationship as the end goal for that very reason, to fill the void in our lives. I remember in my high school days, girls walked around with insecurities and sadness until a guy came along and filled in all the gaps. They would literally say, I'm so lonely and unhappy, I need a boyfriend. And every time someone did get into like a long-term relationship, people looked at that couple like, wow, they made it. That's it. (laughs) That's the one thing everyone is searching for in life. There are so many problems with that thinking because it redefines love. Let me explain. Love is about giving. It's selfless. When you love someone, you desire their happiness and well-being. Love isn't about what you can get from the other person. So when you want a boyfriend just to feel admired, happy, and secure, that's not love. That's wanting to feel admired and secure. I'm not saying V didn't love him in any sort of way, but I am saying that she might be confusing some feelings with love when it's actually something else. I don't know her life specifically, but I do know a lot of us can often fall into the trap of feeling like we need a boyfriend to be happy and that there's no way around that. I see so many girls do this very thing, and I think a lot of us see this. Or maybe we don't notice it, but a lot of us are surrounded by it. Girls have their insecurities, struggles, fears, whatever, like we do, (laughs) and then they get into a relationship which somehow fixes all of that. The problem there is that you just based your entire happiness on a person. So when that person leaves, they take your joy and security with them. Now let me get one thing straight. A guy can certainly help you overcome things. I'm not saying that he can't. But I am telling you that if you let the feeling of being admired, paid attention to, and loved entirely cover up the negative things you used to constantly feel, you will have a harder time when you are no longer with that person. Even if you stay with him, it's still going to cause problems. It will begin to affect who you are and what you think of yourself. Not only that, but you will find yourself clinging onto a person even if they no longer want you. You will start to do things you weren't comfortable with doing just to make them stay. So obviously, most of the time that involves sex or a sexual act or something of that sort, which we will talk about later in the episode because that's very important. In my own experiences, I was always taught how to love myself and how to view dating. Now, I'm not going to paint myself perfect because I was so wrong about so many things and I still am to this day, but dating was the one thing I felt like I could see clearly. I knew who I was and I knew what I wanted. Most importantly, I only ever wanted to date for marriage, even like in eighth grade, like seventh and eighth grade. Because if you're not dating for marriage, you're dating for a broken heart. And yes, I know that saying is so cheesy, but you know, it's very true. It's so true. It's fact. So I always told myself that I wanted my first boyfriend to be my last, (laughs) meaning if I was going to date someone, I was going to be pretty damn sure that I could see myself marrying him. Not everyone has this mindset, I know, and I know not everyone wants to take it that seriously. I do get it that some people just want to date for fun and just to have, you know, a fun time in their youth. 
But if you're not careful, you can put your heart through some pretty tough times. So what I'm trying to say is that while you don't have to be as strict with dating as I was, you should be as strict with guarding your hearts. I'll talk about my dating journey later in this episode, but long story short, I am now engaged, and yes, my first boyfriend really was my last. Now, because I had a completely different outlook on boys than everyone else around me, I used to wonder all the time in high school why girls wanted guys who did not want them. Well, the answer is actually pretty simple now. You aren't wanting that person back because you desire to love them. You are wanting them back because you desire to be loved by them again. You desire the security they gave you, you know, the love, the admiration they gave you. Some of you might be thinking, well, duh, but don't you see? That's not authentic love. That's not love. It's just a quick fix. V, I believe that you do love your ex in some ways, and those intentions are pure. But I also believe that you're battling something a little deeper within yourself that has to do with your insecurities and worth. The problem is you've made your happiness dependent on a person and not in who you are, which is nothing to be ashamed of because I think we've all done that at some point in our lives if we're not doing it right now. This actually moves me on to the most important concept of this whole episode, which is knowing your worth and who you are before you begin dating. Once you do this, you will know your standards when it comes to guys. You will fearlessly and strongly uphold those standards. And you'll be able to protect your own heart and happiness. And you won't need a relationship. I think that's kind of the whole point. You might desire one and you might desire that connection, but you won't need one to be who you are or to be happy. You might be thinking, well, how in the heck do I do that? Well, let's move on to the next entry about this very thing. Dear Diary, this is my second time writing you. I got dumped for the third time, and I feel so alone sometimes. I feel stress-free, but at the same time, I feel like we broke up because he liked another girl. His ex, actually. The one that I wasn't really fond of. This relationship mattered so much because we did things that I didn't think I'd do at this age. I trust that he won't say anything or expose me with the pictures I've sent. I'm scared. I still love him, but what can I do? I've been spending time with my family and grandparents more since we broke up. I'm trying to love myself more than I need so I know my worth. I set goals for myself. I can't lower my standards for someone who thinks less of me or gets bored anymore. Sincerely, P. freaking love this one because even though she's upset, which she has a right to be, she still knows what she needs to do. This is a perfect example of letting yourself be sad about your ex while still believing that you can find your worth and happiness without him. So from a very general standpoint, let's first talk about what your worth is not based in. Your worth is not based in your appearance, your body, the things you're willing to do with guys, how much attention you're able to get from guys, how likable you are, how smart you sound, your past, your mistakes, or whether or not you have a boyfriend. You know what your worth is based in? You. Just you. The fact that you're alive. The fact that you simply desire happiness, true love, peace. Every tiny detail about you, from your pinky finger to the unique beating in your chest, it flows with worth. Worth is innate and you are born with it, And no one can take it away from you. 
No matter who you are, what you do, what is done to you, no matter what anyone says about you, the truth is that you are worthy of true love and happiness, and don't you forget it. Most of you know that I'm Christian, or maybe you don't. If you don't, I'm Christian. (laughs) But I do believe it goes even deeper than that. I know not everyone believes in God, and that's okay. But if you do, here's your reminder that God's love for you runs on the same principles. There is nothing you can do or go through that could make God love you less. If you were the only person on this earth, Jesus would still die just for you. You are worth dying for. Whether or not you are Christian, I think you can understand the impact this concept had on my life. I was not going to let anybody, girl or boy, treat me like I was less. I knew that no matter what anyone said or did, it would not change who I was or what I deserved. I actually remember being a junior in high school, and this one boy really liked me. Not my fiancé, by the way. It was very genuine, too. He didn't want my body or anything superficial. He truly adored the girl that I was in the best way. He was nice, down-to-earth, and a lot of people would have loved to be liked by him. The thing is, I just didn't see a future with him. I didn't feel that connection. I was giving it a chance, as anyone would, I think, but he didn't feel like my guy, if that makes any sense. I was talking to a friend about it, and I remember her giving me a judgmental look while saying, you're so picky. I got this a lot, and I always thought, why the hell shouldn't I be? Why would I give my time, my effort, my love, myself to someone that I didn't truly like? I only needed one person. We all only ever need one person, and I was focused on finding my one, and I knew in my heart that this guy just wasn't it. I didn't realize it then, but I had what people call standards. These standards guarded my heart throughout my singleness and even when I got into a relationship, which is also very important, by the way. Standards naturally develop when you learn your worth. At least that's how I see it. They don't consist of tall, dark hair, brown eyes. There are so much more. I'm going to touch on standards a bit more later on, but keep this in mind. So once you know your worth and actually start living it, you do kind of start to naturally learn what you deserve. Girls, from where I'm standing, you deserve someone who freaking adores you, who treats you with the utmost respect, and who never loses interest in you. You first have to know who you are and what you deserve, but do not forget that the guy you date should also know this. If you have to coach him through treating you right, then he's not the right one. This submitter also mentioned how she did things with her ex that she never thought she would do at her age, which could and probably does mean sex. So let's read another entry about just that. And trigger warning, this entry does talk about rape. Dear Diary, My ex-boyfriend raped me when we were only 15. He was my first boyfriend I've ever had. And ever since we started dating, he wanted to have sex or do sexual things. And we were only 14. I ended up telling him that we needed to wait to do this because I was not comfortable with that yet. He'd try to pressure me into it almost every time we hung out. It made me feel bad when I still said I wanted to wait. We waited four months when we had our first time. We were 15 then. At that point, having sex felt like something I needed to do in order for him to stay with me. I didn't want to be alone. I just wanted to feel loved. Three months later, my mom picked us up from school. We were watching a movie in the theater in my basement, and he wanted to have sex. I didn't want to, but saying no or stop didn't matter to him. I was raped that day, 
After it happened, I cried all that night, and he left my house right after without saying a word. I didn't bring it up again. I pretended it didn't happen. I convinced myself that it was my fault and that it wasn't that big of a deal. I stayed with him for another seven months until he broke up with me. I should have left him way sooner, but I was scared, and I didn't want to be alone. Even though I was being abused and pressured almost every day, it didn't matter to me. I thought that was love, but it wasn't. A week after we broke up, I met my current boyfriend, and he helped me so much. It was hard because I have trust issues and PTSD slash trauma from my last boyfriend. We've been dating for a year now, and we are very happy. I went to therapy for a while to deal with my trauma and depression, but I am doing so much better now. Sincerely, T. T, I am so glad you got outside help for your trauma. I am very, very proud of you. This is a great example of how a boy can help you overcome things. T's current boyfriend is doing just that, but she also got help from a professional, so she doesn't totally rely on her boyfriend for healing and happiness. To anyone that ever had to experience this, my heart seriously aches for you. I need all of you to know that one, it's not your fault, and two, your bodies and hearts are still and always have been whole and beautiful. Despite any past you may have, whether it involves, you know, sexual assault or intentionally going too far with a guy, you are not dirty, damaged, or ruined in any way at all. And I know a lot of girls feel this way, especially if other people know about their past and treat them differently because of it. I've seen guys only talk to certain girls because these girls were known to engage in a lot of sexual activity. I wasn't even sure if this was true or not, but the boys clearly believed it. That's always been so disgusting to me. You know how I said love is giving and not taking? Well, from an unhealthy standpoint, girls typically take the emotional aspect from boys, like validation, and boys typically take the physical from girls, like sex. There's a popular saying that, okay, so I'm sure you've all heard it, maybe you haven't, but... It goes, a man falls in love with his eyes and a woman falls in love with her ears. There's a lot of truth here, I think. Men are more visual and women are more audible. So us girls usually love to hear about how beautiful and special we are, while men are mostly attracted to a girl's appearance. I don't like to take this as fact, though. However, it does ring true in a lot of situations, especially in middle school and high school. But I am not here to paint every single boy as evil with bad intentions or to paint every girl as incredibly emotionally weak. There are amazing guys and girls out there. And just because men are more visual, that does not mean that the only thing they ever see is your appearance and body. I think only a part of this is actually true, and I definitely don't use it to generalize everyone. So to go a bit deeper and to not be so hard on girls and guys and criticize every single thing that they do or feel, there is this saying that I heard once and for some reason it just always stuck with me because I feel like it's so true. It's that girls' hearts beat with the question, am I lovely? While boys' hearts beat with, am I enough? Us girls do desire to be lovely and no, I'm not just talking about like appearance or looking beautiful. One definition of lovely is 
delightful for beauty, harmony, or grace. And another one is inspiring love by moral or ideal worth. And another is to simply be lovable. We want to be loved, seen, admired. And it is from this desire that we go to extreme lengths to get it. And oftentimes, it does involve giving up our bodies for a taste of the approval and admiration we crave so deeply. But giving up our bodies when we aren't ready or staying with someone who desperately wants our bodies, even if it goes against our values and standards, that's not it. That's not love or even true admiration. More times than not, we are tricked into believing it will win us true love and that we will earn basically like our definition of lovely if we are willing to go so far for a boy. So when we do go far and quickly realize that it didn't win us total authentic love, we feel empty, gross, used. When I was a freshman, four of my close friends lost their virginity to boys who did not love them, they didn't care for them, and I really can't place blame on any of those girls, obviously, but I'm not even sure I can place blame on the guys. Remember how I said guys' hearts ask the question, am I enough? Well, society does tell men that they are enough when they have a lot of money, sex, or play sports or something like that. I mean, look at the movies, shows, songs, anything on a screen. It's so twisted. And they too are trying to fill in the answer to the question that they constantly ask themselves. The problem is, is that their answer is so wrong. That same freshman year, I walked into school one morning to hear everyone talking about this one thing. This one guy did something sexual to his girlfriend in the locker room, and you can probably guess what it was. The thing that stuck in my mind, though, is that this guy's friends came up to him that day and, like, congratulated him and high-fived him. Like, why? You congratulate someone when they achieve or get something which kind of says a lot. I mean, this guy was getting something and a certain status came with it. But what did the girlfriend get? Nothing. She was there. She participated in the same act. But the school kind of just whispered about her. And I couldn't help but feel sorry for her and wondered what she felt. Something that was supposed to be intimate, sacred, and centered around love became a cheap trophy for her boyfriend and gossip for the rest of the school. Her boyfriend wasn't giving her anything. He was taking, and their relationship did not last, by the way. The reason why I'm telling you all of this is because I want you all to be aware of what is going on, even if no one else around is actually aware of it. Sex is a good thing, don't get me wrong, and it can be a fruit of love, but the love needs to come first because that shows respect. It just shows that the other person cares for your body and mind and actually acknowledges your standards and worth. There's this quote from speaker and author Jason Everett, and he talks to teens about this very thing. This is what he says to teen boys. Begin quote, Sex is not a tryout. If she fails to live up to your expectations in the bedroom, will you love her less? If so, you never loved her to begin with. End quote. So freaking true. Girls, you have nothing to prove. If he's not going to love you because you don't measure up by doing something sexual to him, gosh, leave his ass anyways. That's terrible. Sex without the foundation of love is just a physical act and nothing more, which is why people often have casual sex. Now, I know some of you might be asking the question, then why is it so much harder to get over a guy when you had sex with them? And not only that, but why do girls seem to have a harder time with this? 
Why do they seem to have a stronger attachment after sex? Let me quickly explain. If you haven't heard this before, listen. We're about to get a little scientific, or I guess biological. There's something called the love hormone, oxytocin. This hormone has physical, social, and psychological effects. So it specifically impacts bonding behavior, creating an emotional bond when released. It contributes to feelings of relaxation, trust, and psychological stability. Women have higher levels of this hormone than men. Surprise, surprise. Not only that, but it is only released in three circumstances. During childbirth, breastfeeding, and you guessed it, sex. Do you understand how crazy this is? The same hormone that helps bond a mother and child during childbirth gets released during sex, and us girls feel it the most. So women being more emotional and attached after sex isn't just a societal thing. It's a science thing. And it's important for us to know this about our bodies. And I'm actually kind of shocked I never learned this in school. So I do want to talk about how sex plays a huge part when it comes to our standards. And I do want to finish talking about how my own relationship unfolded. But first, I want to read another entry. This one is about someone who is single, but really, really wants to find love. Dear Diary, Every day I'm clouded by love. I see it everywhere, taunting me. I see it in person, on rom-coms, sitcoms, in books, and through songs. Not a day goes by that I don't think about love. I thrive on it. I love the idea of love. It brings me happiness. But my happiness doesn't last long, because in the back of my mind, I know I have never felt it. By love, I mean romantic love. I have never had a boyfriend, date, or first kiss. And as I grow older, I feel it may never happen. I can't lie, it hurts. It hurts to not be looked at. It hurts to never be hit on. It hurts to be invisible to the opposite sex. It hurts to know you've never been wanted. I would rather be hurt than be single. On Valentine's Day, I have to smile through the pain. I have to smile through the jealousy and put on a mask hoping someone would ask me to be their Valentine. They never do. I know my life purpose should not be to find a husband, but I still want one. It hurts to know how much you'll love someone for who they are if given the chance. Sincerely, H. My first thought is that it is totally okay to be single and to not be okay with that. I hear about a lot of girls who simply desire to find their soulmate, but they feel wrong for not being happy while being single. So it's okay to feel that. It's normal. The only thing that I don't personally agree with is just wanting anyone and not be willing to wait for the person that is right. Or I guess if you believe in soulmates, your soulmate. I always viewed my future husband as someone who was already there, out there, living their life. And every time I thought of him, he was always the same one person. I didn't know who he was or what he looked like, but I knew that one day I would be in love and getting married to one guy, and that one guy had to be currently out there. So all I had to do was wait or keep an eye out for when they came around. Not everyone will see it that way, and that's okay. And I also understand that 
my story may not help you in any way at all. It might just be annoying because it worked out for me so early. And I completely understand that. So if that's the case, you know, fine. You can be mad and you can disregard it. A lot of girls and women who are still single ask the question, are there any decent guys left? In high school, I told my friend that I did not want my future boyfriend to be addicted to porn. And she said, Holly, every single guy watches porn. Every guy thinks about sex 24-7. It's just who they are. I remember thinking, ew, I don't want that. I was thankfully one of those people that didn't budge on my standards. But I can easily see how so many girls accept things like this. And when I say things like this, I mean each and every one of our own individual unique standards that we have. I know some girls don't mind if their significant other watches porn. For me, that was a big thing. But like, okay, yes, lots and lots of boys watch or have seen porn. That's unfortunately true. But I was still set on finding someone who at least had similar views on it as me, who respected women and saw sex as something valuable and intimate. That's not too much to ask for, but apparently everyone thought it was. I'm sure a lot of people saw my standards and thought, no one is going to want to be with you. And I know for a fact they thought that. But thankfully, I was gullible enough just to not see it that way. Instead, I thought, none of you boys are good enough for me. And before you think that sounds incredibly prideful or conceited, I hope you all think that way until you find the one who is more than enough for you because that's what you deserve. I wasn't even looking for a perfect guy. I was just looking for my guy, like my soulmate. And I was not gonna lower my standards for someone that didn't feel right, that I didn't have that connection with. So I was patient, despite everything going on around me and despite what everyone told me. I was patient and I did stand strong with my standards. And eventually we found each other my junior year of high school. His name is Evan. And we were first friends for about a year, at least a whole year. We both knew there was something between us, but I was serious about taking it super slow. And I wanted to be sure. He was fine with that. We hung out. We laughed harder together than with anyone else. We bonded over our favorite movies, music, and books. We had deep conversations about religion and God. And we had plenty, really endless, (laughs) inside jokes. We actually spent a lot of nights stargazing at the drive-in and just honestly just hanging out with our friend group. We even wrote handwritten letters to each other and passed them off in the hallways. Six years later, I still ask about what he would have thought if I did date around and had the typical high school fun. He said he probably wouldn't have been as interested in me and... (laughs) Before you think that sounds awful, he's not saying that he wouldn't date me or love me just because I've dated other people or been with other people. He's saying that we probably just wouldn't have crossed paths, and he's right. We both bonded over being kind of more quiet or shy, or at least away from the popular crowd. So it definitely would have changed things for sure. And I think he saw me as very unique, and it was admirable how well I did uphold my standards and know my self-worth. I think that was the big thing. And you guys are probably thinking I was so cocky and confident walking around high school. I definitely wasn't. I was probably the shyest person in the school, but that doesn't change what I knew about my worth inside. So yeah, we met, we bonded, we had a connection. This all sounds perfect, right? In many ways it was, but there were still many, many ups and downs. 
we had to work on ourselves. I know I definitely had to work on myself a ton, and he would say the same about himself. And we even broke up for a few months when we first got into college because the transition was just tough. No relationship is going to be perfect. Everyone knows that. But mine was still everything I dreamed of. Evan was my first relationship and first kiss. I was 17. I don't think that's too late or too early or too anything. Timing is different for everyone. You will not have the same experience as anyone else in this world, so don't even begin to compare your love life to others. I know I could have looked at all the other boys I've come across in my life and I could have easily thought, okay, there's gonna be no one for me out there. But I only ever needed to see the one. I still tell all of my single friends that they should embrace the fact that their love story is still ahead of them. It's such a beautiful thing. They still get to have a first kiss, get to know someone, and experience all the nerves and butterflies. I'm very happy to be engaged to Evan, but getting to know him was one of the best experiences of my life. So if you are still single, look forward to that. It's going to be such an amazing time in your life. If you do believe in soulmates, or at least finding a guy that is perfect for you in your eyes, then you should have standards. I think everyone should. They are often frowned upon because they, I guess, can come off as too picky, and no one wants to seem picky or uptight. But you know what? You deserve to be bold. You should know what you want. And if a boy ever makes you feel less for wanting more for yourself, leave him. And if a friend ever criticizes you for wanting to be authentically loved by someone you actually want to be loved by, phase out of that relationship. Standards are obviously going to be different for everyone, and for me, I wanted someone who would bring me closer to God, not farther, but there are standards that should apply to all of us. So, let's talk about those. I'm going to read off a list of things that are red flags and ultimately signs that you should dump him. Okay, let's begin. If you have to constantly justify his actions or their relationship, if he pressures you to do something you don't want to do, if you have to tell him to stop more than once when it comes to something physical, if he abuses you mentally or physically, if he flirts with other girls, if the relationship is dictating who you are, if your happiness and well-being relies on him, if his happiness and well-being relies on you, if he lies to you, if you are dating him for any reason other than you respect and love him and he respects and loves you. And last one, if you feel the need to fix him. Let's talk about that last one because it's a pretty big one in my opinion. I've already touched on the fact that us girls can, you know, date sometimes to feel validated, but boys will also date us to feel the same. Or at least, you know, they'll abuse the fact that we sometimes desire to fix what is known as a bad boy. Since we are loving, caring angels, <laughs> we sometimes find ourselves almost running to a boy who needs fixed or constantly nurtured. Ladies, this is a mom's job. This is not your job. We should not have to mold our men. You can let those boys mature on their own and maybe revisit them later. But do not pour all of your time and energy into him when he has nothing to offer for you. I know it's often our instinct almost to do so, but it's not healthy for either person. And honestly, most of the time, it's a very toxic environment. So let me just say this again. Do not lower your standards for anyone 
any time, any reason, any circumstance. Be bold with what you deserve. And you know what? Be proud to want true love. Be proud to want more for yourself. Going through broken hearts, being used, trying to keep it together, hanging on by a thread, none of that is worth it. But do know that there are great, amazing men out there. They do exist. And who you are and your standards are not the problem. They will never be the problem, okay? If you feel like you have to lower your standards to get a boyfriend, then you're surrounded by some pretty lousy guys. But it's never because of you. So don't even think about changing yourself. Be proud to seek a love that helps you become more of yourself. A guy should adore the way that you are, not try and change it. And the things that he does want to change about you, it should only increase your joy and peace. Anything else, that's a red flag. Get out ASAP. Everything that makes you unhappy or feel pressured in any way is a red flag. And it doesn't even mean that he's this horrible guy. It just means that he's on his own journey of growing and maturing, and he's just not ready for you. And you know what? You might not even be ready for him. If you guys are in high school and middle school, which I'm assuming most of you are, you are all so young. And that's okay. Enjoy it. Don't make it all about boys, because you're going to regret it if you do. If you are Christian, and even if you aren't, there's this amazing book called How to Find Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul, and it's by Jason and Kristalina Everett. I cannot say enough good things about this book. So many teens have read it and loved it, and I read it when I was a teen, and I think all of my friends did too. It's actually pretty popular. But the couple who wrote it actually have their own journeys and testimonies when it comes to dating in high school, and it's just such a good read. I mentioned a few concepts from the book in this podcast, so if that interested you, you may want to check that book out. With that being said, the ending quotes for this episode actually comes from those authors. And I said quotes because there are two. Here they are. Begin quote. Why do you always seek man's approval? You're always wondering, do I look pretty enough? Do I sound smart enough? With a shadow of insecurity hovering above you, you're always trying to keep others interested. Meanwhile, you give yourself away while ignoring your gut. Don't be controlled by the amount of attention and approval you receive. And stop being ashamed of yourself. Your worth can't come from who you're with, what you wear, or what others think of you. End quote. And that one is by Kristalina Everett. The next one is by her husband, Jason Everett, and it's one of my favorite quotes regarding this topic. Begin quote. What you win a guy with is what you keep him with. If you win him with your body then you'll have to try and keep him with your body. The problem is, is that every girl in the world has a body, so any girl in the world can lure him away. But who you are as a woman, no other woman in the world has that. End quote. So again, please consider leaving a rating and review. If you want to submit an entry, go to submitdeardiary.com. For more, follow my Instagram and TikTok at submitdeardiary and subscribe to my YouTube channel called Dear Diary. Have an amazing day, and don't forget to be kind to yourself. Sincerely, Holly.